Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Yazcast. Joining me, as always, is Raji. And I just want to apologize for the long drought that uh, our show has taken. I feel like it's been a little over a month and a half. Um, unfortunately, during that time, our Philadelphia 76ers were eliminated. Um, we're already in the NBA finals. Uh, you know, life just hits. Uh, and sometimes, you know, our schedules don't line up to record. But look, we're back here. We're back to talk about the NBA, what we love to talk about. And man, oh man, Raji, the NBA finals are here. We got the matchup between the Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, as everyone knows, we, Raji and I both strongly hate the Boston Celtics. Um, but I think that that this is one of the best series uh, matchups that could have happened. I think it's going to be very exciting. But before we get into that, we want to talk about the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. Um, you know, we'll start off with the Eastern Conference Finals, the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. And man, oh, man, my guy and shout out Adam, Adam's guy as well. Jimmy Butler um, absolutely carried the Miami Heat that whole series. And we're the only reason why that series went to a game seven. So unfortunately I'll give the mic to Raji and let him um, act like a clown for maybe so like five minutes. Where, then, where, where did he, carry I'll them take it back. Where did Ra- he carry them to? The, look at that Miami heat team. Take did he away. Buy, did he buy them flight tickets to Cancun? Like the last time he carried them and lost. I just want to know where he carried them to. Raji. If Jimmy Butler was not in that series, that would have been an automatic sweep by the Boston Celtics with every game being a blowout by the Celtics. I agree. And if if Miami had an actual superstar on their team, they would have been in the finals right now. Why? Let me hear why you got to say that. All right. Okay. So let me start off by saying this. I, as much as I clown Jimmy Butler, I, I do it because he's a clown and not necessarily because he's a bad basketball player. I don't think Jimmy Butler is a bad basketball player, but I do not think Jimmy Butler is a superstar. I think it's ridiculous to call Jimmy Butler a superstar. And that's where the nickname Jimmy Buns comes from. So let's talk about Jimmy Buns. He has a few good games every season. And, and when you watch him play those good games, he looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, for example, games, what was it, four and five in the finals during the bubble, um, where where he absolutely went off, was scoring in the 40s, whatever. And then, of course, in game six, the closeout game, he had, what, 15 points, lost the championship. Um, this season, uh, of course, in between there, he got swept, you know, a bunch of, bunch of stuff happened that, that showed you that he's not an actual superstar. And then he comes back this year, beats up on Atlanta beats up on a hurt Philadelphia 76ers and then gets to Boston where he has two games where he looked absolutely incredible, right? Game six and seven, Jimmy Butler looked great. And guess what? If he was there that whole time, they could have won that series. But the issue is game four and five, Jimmy Butler did not look like game six and seven, Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, I just think a real superstar is not one that disappears, ghosts his team, looks like the 13th player on the bench for two games straight, and then comes back and has two superstar-level games. Those don't average out to superstar. Those average out to very good player who can either give you 40 or give you seven. And, and to me, that is not the definition of a superstar. That is why Jimmy Butler will never, ever, ever sniff a Larry O'Brien trophy while he is the number one option on a basketball team. 
that's why every single team he has went to has either underperformed or fallen short when it actually mattered. And that's my take on Jimmy Buns. Okay. Go ahead. I I was going to let Raji go on and on there, you know, because I don't want to I didn't want to interrupt. Um, I guess it's like, you know, he's trying to join, you know, a comedy show or something. He's just testing out his skits here on the podcast. I strongly disagree. I, was wrong. I strongly disagree. I was wrong and I and joke. I will get to that. I strongly disagree with Raji's take that Jimmy Butler is not a superstar when he is a superstar. And that was proven years ago, um, you know, when he was with Philly and leading us in that Toronto series when everything was down, giving us a chance in that game seven, in a chance in Toronto, in that game seven, Jimmy Butler takes over when our whole team went to shit and he literally takes over and Gives us a chance, you know, ties the game, and then everyone knows what happens after. What later happens on, after? on, later what on, Kawhi's buzzer after? beater. We lose yeah. in the we lose in the second round, right? Yes. What happens the next year without Listen, Jimmy Butler? And then the we next lose year, in the second round, right? What happens the year after that without Jimmy Butler? We lose in the second because, round because because Philadelphia's organization decides that they want to stay with Ben Simmons, the sole leader of that team, um, instead of re-signing Jimmy Butler. To this day, your own superstar on Philadelphia, Joel Embiid, even states, "How on earth do you even let him go? How on earth even your own star player in Philadelphia knows?" the valuable that Jimmy Butler had on this team to even say, go out and state after losing a playoff series publicly, how do you get rid of Jimmy Butler? He's still amazed by that. And that's why Raj, it's more than just a second round exit of a team. Yes. Philadelphia lost in the second round the year after that and the year after that, but it's more than that. It is way more than that because listen, I agree. I think if Jimmy Butler stayed here as a third option, or maybe even a second option if we don't get James Harden, we would have been a, a, we would have probably won a championship. That doesn't mean Jimmy Butler is a superstar or a first option on a championship. I mean, right now, I wish that we had Jimmy Butler over James Harden, especially the James Harden that we got. Okay, then why did we, why did we really second round exit? Because you know, we'll talk about the Sixers later. You know, we'll, a broken face and two broken hands. We'll talk about the Sixers later. But right now, going back to Jimmy, right? You want to talk about, his game four and five performances, don't get me wrong, we're not good at all. He had 13 and six points, uh, both of those games. But listen, he had a hamstring injury or a knee injury or whatever it was that, on, you know, it was affected him enough. You know, Jimmy, he's not going to sit a minute. It affected him enough that in game four or game three in Boston, he didn't play the second half. You think the Jimmy Butler that we know would ever sit out if he absolutely could not play? You know, so and then he comes out with a bad injury and everything comes out in game six in Boston when everyone is like this series is over. It's in Boston. They're going to the finals. He comes out and pulls out a LeBron type performance in Boston (laughs) with 47 points and then comes out in game seven with plays his heart out, doesn't sit one second on the bench and puts up 35 points and unfortunately loses. In this series, he was without Tyler Hero, who's probably, unfortunately, the Miami Heat's second best player on the court because Bam Adebayo did not want to show up one minute this whole series. And you had Kyle Lowry, a 40-year-old Kyle Lowry, limping across the court. You know, so he was playing. He literally was playing with this Miami Heat team that probably would be an eight seed without him. Uh, So he literally... Had, had no hero, had a very inconsistent Bam Adebayo, had a four-year-old injured Kyle Lowry and still led his team to a game seven, even gave him a chance to win the game. 
Yes, he missed the shot. He took a three instead of taking a two. Do I agree with that shot? No, but it was not something that you could say like, oh, that, that's it. Jimmy Butler's not a superstar. He missed that shot. He's a bum, blah, 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 whatever. I just think that he's constantly proven statistically and play while and just in general that he's a superstar in this league. Uh, you know, hold on, hold on. so first of all, he was shooting 29% from three that series. So it's not like that was the only three he missed. Uh, secondly, Tyler Hero did play most of the series. Tyler Hero is just not good. Like he was hurt you, after you, game you four. You can't have him be a centerpiece of your team and rely on him that much. Um, and third, statistically, I mean, the dude's like average 20, what every 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 few years he'll crack the 20 point mark. Um he's not statistically he's not there he's not what you know he's not a superstar statistically he's not a superstar by the eye test if you actually watch all of the games and not just the ones where he has a good game the injury is bullshit because first of all nobody's giving him beat a pass for his injury right that that doesn't happen secondly every single person in the playoffs is playing injured that's what the playoffs are you have to play through injuries. And third, you're not going to act like he tore his freaking ACL when he literally came back the next game and was on the floor and played significant minutes and was two games later playing, what, 45 minutes in game seven he played? So, like, Raji, it's Raji. not like he, he had a torn ACL, dude. He, he twisted that... his leg a little bit, let, had to leave that game, and then was on the court for the next game. He scored six points, bro. Injured or not, you're on the court scoring six points and you want me to call you a superstar in the playoffs? Yeah. You want to hear another thing, right? So, listen, we're, he played against this Boston Celtics team who was by far the better team in this series. By far the better team in this series. No, and what weren't. he was doing, no, yes, they, they were. Yes, they were. This Boston Celtics team was a better team than the Miami Heat team this series. Yes, they were. The talent series, that they yeah. had in, on the court compared to the Miami Heat it was just not a series. And the, and, and the fact that this series went to game seven and the fact that Jimmy Butler turned it on in the playoffs and took over after, okay, he had a slump of a game, game four and five, and then realized, woke up and comes out and performed to the level that he should be playing and the superstar level that he's playing. A superstar goes out on the road and scores 47 points when a team is trying to clinch a berth to the finals. That's what a superstar does, not just an ordinary player. I think you know? that this series just really encapsulates Jimmy's career very and well. You're one of the very few people to say that. One my favorite saying people. is too little, too late. One he he had two slump games, six points and 14 points, took mean L's, and then came back and worked and had two phenomenal games. And then at the end, came up short on a bad shot that he took, that he decided to take. It was too little and it was too late. And that's Jimmy Butler's whole career from Chicago to Minnesota to Philly. He's either done too little or he's been there too late. And, uh, uh, and that's, that's, that to me just defines the perennial almost superstar player that is Jimmy Butler, who will never actually reach that level. I'm going to let Raji stick with being one of the five um, – like people in the NBA community that hate Jimmy Butler and think that he's not a superstar. I think that right now it's just more hatred than anything, but you know, we could talk about Jimmy Butler for three hours or whatever, but I want to move on uh, just to calm myself down a little. It's a, <laughs> um, uh, you know, 
let's shift it more towards the Western Conference Finals. You had the Dallas Mavericks, surprisingly. You know, who would have thought that in the beginning of the year uh, against the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals? And, I mean, props to Luka, you know, to even getting there and taking out the Suns, who was everyone's finals favorite. Um, I just think that Golden State just showed too much power against the Mavericks. And, honestly, Luka looked like a man on a, by, all by himself some games. And, honestly, look, you know, Luka fell short. He's 23, I want to say. I think he's 23 years old. The future is so bright for him. The future, I, you know, to even get to this, the stage that he got to, um, I'm just so excited to see what he has to offer in years to come. Yeah, I, I think just seeing that kid play is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am, I'm not in really the boat that thinks that he can win a championship in the way that he hit, is right now, even if he gets another superstar the man has to learn how to play defense. Um, and I think that's something when we, because at this point we start to compare Luca to like the all time greats, right? Like, I mean, I'm not saying he's top 10 all time, anything crazy like that, but talent wise, I mean, he's, he's looking like he has potential to not only be top 10, but maybe top five all time by the time his career is done. But the issue is if you look at the top five, the top 10, even go to 15, 20, right? None of those players were the type of player that gets targeted on defense. You have to at least be able to hold your own. Um, I think if Luca conditions himself, A, and learns some defense, B, I think that, that the Dallas Mavericks can win a championship. I think the kid's unbelievable. And on the other hand, I think Golden State is just unbelievably good. Like, I, I honestly – you know, me as a LeBron fan have had as much hatred for Golden State as, as you know, anyone else that's a LeBron fan. But like now I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy watching them play. I always have, you know, respected who they were. But now that I don't have a horse in the race, um, just the beauty that they play basketball with, uh, the absolute genius of Steve Kerr, uh, the dedication every single player on that court has for his system is is just honestly just perfect basketball i don't see i mean i'm kind of jumping ahead right now but i don't see golden state losing at all i mean look going back to the dallas mavericks i feel bad for luca i feel like they definitely need another star out there in dallas for him to even be in that championship hunt and you know we'll talk about the warriors in just a bit but that team they just look unstoppable when they're fully healthy in the way they move the ball. Uh, it's honestly like beautiful basketball. It's like a piece. It's like a work of art, you know, like a, it's, it's just, I love watching it. Sometimes I can't stand watching them, but I love watching it because of how beautiful basketball. Um, a quick question I want to ask you, Raji, this year, they just added, um, you know, two new awards. It's called the Eastern Conference uh, Finals MVP and the Western Conference Finals MVP. And I just kind of want to hear your thoughts about that. Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals was Tatum and the award in the West went to Curry. So I just want to hear your, what's your thoughts about these like new awards that were implanted? I think, I mean, I don't think they're necessary. I don't think anyone really cares about them. Um, I think that they're going to come in handy when we shit talk players when they have, you know, three, uh, who was it? Oh, Magic Johnson and Larry. When they have like four, three or four Larry Bird trophies and no Larry O'Brien trophies, you know what I mean? Like that's that'll kind of just be a running joke. Uh, LeBron would have had 10 of these. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, nobody's counting them. Yeah, uh, I think that 
I think they're unnecessary because I don't think anyone's going to put actual value towards them. You know, I don't think that people are going to be like, oh, my God, Tatum has like in the future, let's say Tatum has three Eastern Conference finals trophies. Oh, my like that to his legacy is huge. No, you know, it adds nothing to it. I don't think it adds. I think I see it as like getting earning like player of the month. It's it would have been it would have been Jimmy Butler's only trophy. Yeah. So you should like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He has a most improved player trophy, but it's okay. Um, oh, 2014. <laughs> all right. Moving on. We got the NBA finals. You know, that's what everyone's here to listen to about. Um, game one is tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, so depending on what time you listen to our podcast, uh, we'll be at 9 p.m. And it'll be in Golden State, which <laughs> gives Golden State the home court advantage because they had the better record in the NBA this season. Um I think that this is a very exciting matchup. I think that uh, both sides match up in a way that will, you know, make it tough for each other. For example, uh, Boston's defense has perimeter defense um, will do very well against, you know, Golden State's perimeter shooting. And, you know, so it's going to, we're going to see how Golden State adjusts to Boston's defense. And honestly, Boston offensively is not playing too well. So we'll see how they go up against uh, Golden State's defense and see if Draymond's going to be on Tatum or who will he be guarding uh, because this both teams are very small ball lineups. Um, I don't know if there's a key center in either team. Robert, Rob Williams has, been not, has not been getting the minutes that, you know, that he will be in the rotation down the stretch. So, Rodney, that leads me to a question. Who are the X factors in this series for both teams? Um, I think it'll be, I think it'll probably be Marcus Smart for Boston. Um, just, just how he guards Steph Curry. Um, and then for the Warriors, it might have to be someone like Andrew Wiggins, um, who, who's just, you know, part of their starting lineup has looked really good in some games, but then had some games where Andrew Wiggins just looked like a goddamn star. And, and in those games, they were just untouchable. And I think that if he shows, if he shows his good side, um, it, they just take it easy. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually was going to say Andrew Wiggins as well. Um, look, Andrew Wiggins is a player that came out of college with a lot of hype, like an extreme amount of hype that unfortunately didn't translate too much when he got to the NBA and he's still trying to find his way as a player. And I think that golden state is right now a perfect spot for him. I think he has. To, you know, you know, that's what I'm saying. I think golden state has been a perfect spot for him this year to really prove himself. And I think that, like I said, and like you said, uh, this series, Andrew Wiggins has a time to shine and really prove to the whole NBA community, his true talent and potential. Um, Another X factor on the Boston Celtics has to be Jalen Brown. I mean, obviously, yeah, this co-star with Tatum, right? But Jalen Brown has been a little inconsistent in these playoffs. Uh, he'll come out and score 40 points, then the next game score 10. Um, you know, as a, as the second best player on this team, Tatum's not going to play well every night. I'm telling you, the finals are going to be tough for both teams. You know, so Tatum is not going to is not going to score. 30 points every night. So that's when Jalen Brown has to come in and really take over. If the Boston Celtics want to win an NBA championship, then Jalen Brown has to be there offensively. Game six against Miami, his performance down the stretch, he can't have that against the Golden State team. If he performs like that, they're done. Um, so and he I, has to stay con consistent. 
Yeah, I think also another piece that isn't talked about enough is Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, he so Draymond doesn't it still isn't shooting well um, and is not really going to be able to bring Robert Williams out into the perimeter enough. And so I think that Robert Williams can be a really, really big problem uh, for Golden State down low because he's going to catch. I, I mean, Draymond's a very good defender and rebounder, but I, I don't see him out rebounding a Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston's game plan is just have Robert Williams stay inside the paint when Draymond tries to stretch the floor and, and you know, stand at the perimeter. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And I think that what's really weird to me is like, for me, I kind of think these are two teams on two different levels, but a lot of people really like the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I wanted to ask you, are people like too confident about where Boston's at, or do you think it like, do you think Boston genuinely has a good chance to win this? Look, with the Boston Celtics, I think right now, Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, has the Golden State Warriors favored. But for some reason, I feel like people are making it seem like the Warriors are an underdog in this series. Um, just the way I see through NBA media and NBA fans, I think a lot of people are very, very confident in the Celtics team. And to be honest with you, and I'm not saying this because I can't stand the Boston Celtics, but I think people are a little too overconfident. That series against Miami, Boston did not play to the potential that they should have played. That series should have been done way sooner. You know, maybe five, you know, at least game six, that definitely should have been a game where you close it out. You're at home. You close it out. You got a birth to the finals. Um, you can't have that against Golden State. So that's why with Boston, uh, it's a little it's a little scary, you know, to, to really predict if they're going to win this championship right now, because they didn't show me. 10 out of 10 playoff basketball. Yes, they 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 eliminated Brooklyn, they eliminated Milwaukee and then Miami, all insane accomplishments, all three of them. Um, but this is a Golden State team that has been here before. I think that in, in the Boston, on the, on the Celtics roster, there's not one player with playoff experience. Oh, sorry, NBA Finals experience. Then you look over on the other side, you got three guys over there that have three rings. Um, I think that Curry, Clay, and Green are just going to, they bring out this confidence in the finals that they already have, and they know what to expect that will help the younger core guys on their team, like Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, um, you know, Damian Lee. So that's why I just think that there's a little too much confidence in the Celtics right now. Yeah, I see it. Um, I think, I mean, the Celtics are impressive. Like, let's be honest. If you, if you kind of lay out what they've done this year, um, they started off slow during the regular season and then got hot and never cooled down. Mm -hmm. And they came into the playoffs and they beat Brooklyn, who a lot of people, including me, picked as a finals uh as a finals team and then they went out and beat milwaukee who anyone who didn't pick brooklyn as a finals team picked milwaukee as a finals team um and then they went out and beat jimmy buns in miami and then now they're going against in like who i believe is a team that's really on another level of basketball um but i mean you could have said that that Milwaukee was on another level than than Boston and you could have said the same thing about Brooklyn I mean they they have not shown any fear towards anyone 
And I don't expect them to come out and show fear against Golden State. And, and that's why I think they, they'll have – it'll at least be a fun series to watch. Um, but in reality, I mean, I just think Golden State is the better team. And if they stay healthy, I mean, Boston is a clear, clear underdog here. Um, in my opinion, more of an underdog than – obviously than ESPN puts them, which that, that thing today that they put out gave Boston like a 75% chance of winning or something. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely insane. Um, but, I mean, even Vegas only has the Warriors at like a minus 130 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's even worse than that. I think the Warriors are just – different yeah um you know it's like i said it's i'm excited for the series it's it's hard to make a prediction to be honest with you but before we get to predicting how we think this series will end up i want to ask you look if steph curry wins a ring here he'll have four rings that's tying lebron of the amount of rings where does curry's legacy stand where do you see does he get any conversations on like top five players ever you know, does he enter that conversation yet? Or is this still, I mean, I got to say, he's got to be at least top two point guards ever if he gets four rings. I just can't, I can't put him over magic. I'm sorry. But, you know, it's, it's Curry's legacy. I just want to hear your take on it. Yeah, he, he doesn't surpass magic, but I think he solidifies himself easily as number two. Um, which, I mean, I already think he is. Like, it's tough to make an argument that anyone else is the number two point guard ever. Um, and I think that he solidifies himself in the top 10 of all time. Um, as of right now, he's like kind of on the border of my top 10. If I wanted to put him in, he would be like nine or 10. Um, but this way he kind of really, I don't think he's, he's near top five level yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the, the top five generally, if you don't count Wilt and Bill Russell and them is like Jordan, LeBron, um, Magic, Kareem, Hakeem, Bird, you know, like you, whoever, like that's the top six, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that after that, I mean, you have to put Kobe in, you have to put Tim Duncan in, you know, you're already at like seven, eight. Now you're, you know, so now it's getting tough. And mm-hmm. I think that Steph Curry really launches himself into that level with the Duncans and the Kobe's stuff like that. I don't think he's better than them. And there's an argument for him being slightly below their level. But in general, I think he he puts himself on that caliber mm-hmm. on the all-time list and, and really shows us that they can do it with KD. They can do it without KD. They can do whatever they want. Um, and I think what this solidifies is that Steve Kerr is a top five coach of all time. Uh, I've been saying it for a little while. Um, some people push back. Some people agree. But I think if they win this championship now um, – he will be well regarded as a top five coach of all time. So I wanted to ask you um, if it goes the other way, um, where does this put Jason Tatum? Obviously not on the all time list, but, but in the current list, I mean, most people don't have Jason Tatum top five. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very few will have him top 10 in the league right now. So where do you think this puts him in terms of today's league? I mean, you know, Tatum is another player that has proven himself to be a superstar. Um, you know, he's uh, I always loved Tatum just because he's a former Duke player and everyone knows how much I love Duke uh, basketball. Um, you know, if if Tatum takes down this Golden State Warriors team that very few have, his legacy is going to skyrocket. Obviously, you can't talk about all time. He needs way more. He's still young. But to be at this young age, you win a championship. Um, he's got to be top five in the NBA. I mean, right now, you know, it's, it's no question if he's able to pull this off. 
um, and beat this Golden State Warriors team, who everyone sees as an unstoppable force. Um, I think, you know, Tatum, like I said, is still young. His game could even, like, you know, maybe we're only seeing a, a snippet of what Tatum's full game could be like. So maybe this is a perfect start to his legacy um, instead of, you know, what his legacy will be like. It's more of a start. So I'm excited to see it. Um, you know, you know, it will be, like I said, Curry, if it's, if either side wins, it's going to be great to talk about, you know, where, where does the NBA stand right now with, you know, who's the best in the NBA and the legacies, because it could go either way. Um, and now it's time for the NBA finals prediction and Raji, I'll start with you. You do the honors. All right. I've uh, golden state and six. I think that, I think Golden State comes out and wins game one. Um, but the thing about Golden State is they're the type of team that's really going to wear you out. Uh, Boston plays heavy, heavy team defense. Um, it really, really is like a five-man effort out there on every single possession. And Golden State, on the other hand, is the team with the most off-ball movement that I've ever seen in the NBA in, in history. So I think that Golden State is really going to tire out Boston in in the first couple of games and then they're kind of just going to take the series over mm -hmm. um so i i don't doubt that boston steals game two or even game one you know what i mean like steals one of the early games wins a game at home and then kind of starts showing some fatigue especially from the, the path that they took to get here i mean golden state's been out for like a week yeah. right yeah um, more than a week so so i mean once they once that fatigue starts kicking in i think golden state just takes it over um, I see Boston stealing two games and then Steph Curry getting that ring again and the finals MVP that he's always wanted. Yeah, no, I, um, I have almost similar predictions and I'm sorry to the Boston fans listening to this podcast right now, but I will also be saying warriors in six. Um, but, let me just stop you real quick. If there's Boston fans listening to this, turn it yeah, off. We're yeah. Six. Stop listening. <laughs> but I'm going to say warriors in six, but I have a little different um, prediction about it. I think that the warriors will actually come out hot in this series and take games one and two. I think that Boston play i know some people say usually the momentum stays i think boston really struggled in game six and seven against miami so they're going to be coming off a little bit of a slump i could say um and warriors just take over games one and two and i think going back to boston and then i think the boston celtics are going to regroup and take game three and four and then the warriors win out they'll win game five in golden state and then win game six in boston and that's the way i see the series ending and steph curry Give him his damn finals MVP trophy, which he deserves at least one, man. Before that finals, um, he, he deserved that. You know, yeah, there was the, the stats, all of that shoot towards Curry. I understand that first finals, the impact that Iguodala had, but it wasn't, you know, Curry should have deserved that finals MVP and he deserves one. And I think that he will be getting it. So, like I said, Tune in tomorrow to watch that game. I think we'll all be watching. Uh, game one will go to Golden State, in my opinion. Now, we will unfortunately, unfortunately, turn to our Philadelphia 76ers, who ended this season pure disappointment on, you know, on every level, on every single level in the organization was just pure disappointment. The episode before this one that we're recording right now is titled Sixers Look Dominant. Unfortunately, it's titled that. 
Um, it's just been a long time since we recorded since that Toronto series. Um, so, you know, our hopes were maybe a little too high, <laughs> but, um, you know, so we'll start off, you know, Raji, obviously we won't go into every series. You know, we, we lost against Miami and bead. Everyone knows broken face, broken thumb, broken, whatever it had broken everything basically, um, throughout his body. It was just, it was, you know, we had him beat on 30%. Um, if it was a 100% healthy Embiid, I do think that we would have won that Miami series. I strongly believe that actually. Um, but uh, a guy I want to bring up Raji is James Harden. You know, he, that, I don't know if it was game four in Philadelphia when he went off for 30 points. And that was the only time he even went over 25 points in the playoffs. And he were like, okay, this is the James Harden that we know and that we're going to get. And then, just non-existent the rest of the series um in game six when we got eliminated didn't shoot in the second half or i want to say shot one time or went over one which ben simmons did the same thing against the atlanta hawks the year before and we gave him so much shit about and literally drove him out of town because of it um so raji what do we i just want to i know we could talk about the many things the sixers have to do but what do we do with james harden next season um so he has an option to come back for one more year right yeah, he has the player option that he could pick up or he could bypass that and look to get a max contract elsewhere or even with the Sixers. Yeah, I think that's what you do. Um, I I am a little bit more optimistic about the Sixers than a lot of people um, because I, I don't think that we're necessarily bad. I think that what happened was and what I saw was just a very severe lack of effort. Like I went out there and watched 10 guys play a basketball game where maybe one or two of them looked like they actually wanted to win the game. Um, and that happened for three games in that series. So it was just, it, I think that's what it is, is we, we kind of need to shift around the bottom of the roster, the middle of the roster. Um, I think our big four looks good. I think James Harden will be okay. Um, just to go back to the question you asked me originally. Um, I mean, he's coming off a hamstring injury. We're very used to, like, we're kind of spoiled by the way KD came back from his injuries, the way Kyrie always does, uh, things like that, where we expect someone to come back running. But, I mean, compare Harden to, for example, when LeBron came back from his injury last year in the playoffs, and he, it just wasn't there. You know what I mean? Uh, Harden's not, not a very athletic guy. I mean, for LeBron, it wasn't because he wasn't athletic. It's because he's old. But Harden is not a very athletic guy. He missed a quarter of the series with a hamstring injury and just never really looked the same. I mean, I've been saying it since he got here, even those first few games where he was playing phenomenally, the step isn't there. Like, he doesn't have the shiftiness that he usually has that he depends on. Um, and a lot of a lot of stuff that I saw from him was making a lot of bad decisions. Um driving so many times and just he his version of the Ben Simmons 360 is when he drives and just throws the ball up and drops himself on the floor and hopes for a foul and goes like um, this with his arms up yeah it's like don't 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 throw the ball up at least like do you know what I mean pump fake it do something like you you got to learn that you're not getting those fouls anymore but anyway I think I think with an off season to recover and then a training camp with this team to really get a system down um, and more importantly, with a supporting cast that fits around James Harden, I think will be very good uh, next year. The issue yeah. is, in my opinion, more so like it, it, our shooters. I mean, like 
everybody, everybody that is in our big four is just bad. Uh, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go ahead and we'll go back to that. <laughs> no worries. Um, look, I, I actually, you know, I agree with a lot that you said, but I think that, and I'm surprised you didn't mention this. I think that the biggest issue right now is um, Glenn Rivers, uh, AKA Doc Rivers, <laughs> still being the head coach of the Sixers. Um, it's unfortunate. I really don't want him here anymore. Um, I think that he has shown consistently why he shouldn't be the coach of this team. Um, you know, you could put a lot of blame on him for that Miami Heat series, um, which I do. But going back to it, you know, look at our roster. Take away Maxi Harden and B and Tobias. You know, we're, we're not a championship team roster. We don't have it. Not yet. Um you got, and this has been a constant problem with the Sixers. You got to have a bench. You got to have a bench in this league. And we're still for four years for the four times that we've been second round exits. Um, you know, we, we don't have a bench ever. We yeah. need a six man. We need a player, a six man that could come in and just change the, the whole flow of the game. We don't, we can't have guys like Furkan who's and Shake Milton who want to come play once every five games. And, and just, you know, we need a bench. You also need a backup center. Um, you know, it's shown with Drummond was still on our team. Look how well we were playing with Embiid and Drummond on the roster. It shows that when it gives Embiid a lot of pressure off of him and also gives an amazing option with a backup center that keeps the game flowing. Um, <laughs> we had that whole thing with DeAndre Jordan and how awful he was. Um, so I just think that our bench and our roster really needs to be revamped this offseason. Uh, Daryl Morey, the pressure is on you. Yeah, I, I think I think you really have to just work around the like the tendencies of Doc Rivers. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to stick with him as a Sixers organization, you have to work around it. Um, exactly. Like the, the fact that Paul Reed got no minutes uh, in the same way that the season before that Maxi got no minutes. He doesn't give any young guys chances. I mean, you, you look at Miami and they had two undrafted players starting, starting. Uh, and their six man was undrafted. Correct. No, no. Hero no. was, he was a lottery pick, but like 14. Yeah. Duncan Robinson was undrafted, but he didn't get many minutes. But anyway, I mean, Max Strews is an undrafted player. Like you, you had people in the starting lineup. Um, they're like, there's so many, look at golden state with Jordan Poole. you know, mm -hmm. giving him a chance, letting him kind of shine a little bit. We don't have any of those. We don't get any of those because doc rivers, and this has been true since the Clippers days, since the Boston days. I mean, there's a reason why Rondo at first wasn't getting any burn until Boston literally bullied him into giving Rondo minutes. Mm -hmm. He's been, he's famous for this. He does not let young players pan out. And, and that was our issue. He went out and got Deandre Jordan who cannot play, played him for half a season and then put in Paul Reed in the playoffs. That's not, it doesn't work. Paul Reed's not NBA ready. So either, either get him people make the trades and get him people that he can actually play. Um, which will be unfortunate to trade away some of our young guys or just somehow get him to start, you know, give J Jalen Springer some minutes, mm -hmm. uh, give Isaiah Joe some minutes, give Paul Reed some minutes. These guys can play basketball. Isaiah Joe is not a bad player. Exactly. And, no. and so I think, I think that's really at the end of the day, what it comes down to. Uh, I want to ask you, so like we obviously need bench pieces, right? Mm -hmm. This is going to be a little bit of a build up to the question. No worries. We need bench pieces. I, in my opinion, we need specific bench pieces. Uh, not, we don't necessarily need six guys on the bench, repopulate the whole thing, put a bunch of good people on it. We can't afford that. 
And to be honest, there are not many teams in the league that have that. Mm-hmm. Not ones that win championships, at least. What you need is a certain few guys. Number one, you need someone who can hit shots. Period. Like, I don't want Furkan Korkmaz where he's he's a 35% shooter because he shoots 70% half of the games and then 0% the rest of the games. No, I want someone who is a walking bucket, right? Someone who can create his own shot, get a shot. I don't care if he can't play defense. He's a bench player. We can deal with that, mm-hmm. right? Secondly, we need a dog. We need, you know, your PJ Tucker, um, your your Draymond Green, if you will, your whoever. Like, we need someone who's going to go out there, be really, really scrappy, um, go for those rebounds, dive on the floor to get the ball, talk shit to the other team, uh, bring our team up when they're looking like they don't want to be in the game. Um, that's what we need. We nobody on our team is athletic. Right. So that's my third thing is mm-hmm. give me somebody who who's a freak of nature, someone who's athletic, who's quick, who can run a fast break, because we had Ben Simmons, who is one of the most athletic players in the league. And he was giving giving us those fast break points and the the quickness, the speed that we need to our game right now. George Niang, Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton, uh, Tobias Harris, um, Harden. James Harden, Joel Embiid. There's nobody on our team that is quick outside of Tyrese Maxey. Yep. Right. And when Tyrese Maxey's not on the floor, we play at 10 miles an hour and we're so easy to read and we're bad. Mm-hmm. And so we need someone else who, when Maxey takes a seat, can still give us some type of speed uh, in our game. Because right now is the fastest the NBA has ever been. And I don't see it slowing down at any point. So these are the three pieces that, in my opinion, we need. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is, what do you think about that, firstly? And secondly, how do you get those? I mean, would you be open to trading Tobias? Do we kind of let this season go and then and then let go of Harden afterward and use that cap space. How do you get these players? Look, it's we do, by the way, I'm sorry, we do have a first round pick. Uh it was announced today that yep uh Brooklyn will not take our pick this year. Because they think that will do worse next year than 2023. So I hope that we um make them regret that decision. But look Like you said, all great points, the way that we have very slow players on our team and we can't run a a simple fast break, um, let alone Maxi's the only one. Um, Look, I think that we got to stop being like, okay, let's keep doing what we're doing. And like we make little tweaks here and there with our roster. Um, I think it's time and I'm sorry, Raji, but I think it's time to trade Tobias Harris. And this has nothing to do with me criticizing him during the season. This is just because I want what's best for our team. And I think what's best for our team is to trade Tobias Harris. Look, Tobias proved himself in the playoffs, played phenomenal, earned my respect, earned a lot of others respect. Um, But look, he doesn't fit on our team. I'm sorry. He doesn't. We're too slow. Like you mentioned, Harden and Bede are not your fast break type of guys. Um, So you look into trading Tobias, which he has a lot of value right now. Um, Maybe there'll be some, I'm not saying superstar value, but he has maybe some sign and trade potential uh, value or even um, a guy like Zach Levine, you know, maybe you give Chicago Tobias and Matisse. And I think a lot of people in Philadelphia are ready to move on from Matisse. Um, you, You look to trade both those pieces for a guy like Zach Levine, who I think I love Zach Levine and I think would be um, a great fit on our team, you know, playing that three spot with Maxi uh, Harden, you know, it's just, 
adds a young player as well and a guy that could shoot and finish. That is a guy I really want on our team. Um, and I hope that that's something that's done possibly. Now, another thing, this is like something that, um, you know, is like a long shot, right? Would But like a sign and trade for Bradley Beal, you know, <laughs> if that's even possible, giving up Tobias. Bradley Beal, look, you're being loyal to uh, Washington. I get it. But come here, come win a chip with the Philadelphia Sixers. And, you know, like I said, long, long offseason. It's going to be filled with rumors. Unfortunately, that's all our offseasons and trade deadlines are just filled with rumors. Um, See, I, I kind of disagree with the uh, with the Zach Levine, Bradley Beal thing. I, I'm a big proponent, and we talked about this uh, a couple weeks back. I'm a big proponent and just keep the core. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you look at the teams that are great right now, that are winning right now, right? Look at Boston, look at Golden State, uh, look at uh, Milwaukee, who was in the finals last year. Look at Phoenix for the most part, right? Like, sure, you might add a player, like a superstar player that you need uh, in the way that Phoenix went out and got Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. But in general, I mean, if you look at this year, for example, like if you make a good core and really build around it, add depth, play you know build a team around their weaknesses you win a championship or you at least get to one or you at least get to the conference finals I don't think that adding a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal will help our cause first of all neither of them play defense uh second of all we are not getting Bradley Beal for Tobias Harris uh Zach Levine possibly because it looks like he might actually just be leaving Chicago and if that's the case they'd probably rather sign and trade um Tobias definitely boosted his trade value but it's still I think it's still tough to to take on that contract for most teams and so (coughs) excuse me so I think that if you trade Tobias in the case where you can get good pieces for him whether it's some draft picks or a couple of a couple of bench players from that, you know, from that category, from those categories that I gave you. Um, in that case, I think you trade Tobias, but I don't think you blow up a core and bring in someone else whose chemistry is not going to mesh, who's ball dominant when you already have Embiid and uh, and Harden. Um, I don't think that really fixes our problems. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to trading Tobias as much as I love the guy, but I would kind of be pissed if Daryl Morey went out and just reshuffled our core got us another player who's a high volume scorer and can't play defense. Yeah. I mean, good points. Um, Like I said, it was just all ideas that I had. Right. It's not something that I really put um, you like a sandstone, you know, it's just stuff people are talking about. Yeah. You know? And so, but look, my final thing that I'll say here and we'll wrap it up. Just please do not trade Tyrese Maxey. Whatever you do. I don't care if we're a first-round exit because of it. Just do not trade Tyrese Maxey because he brings me so much joy in watching the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm going to end it there. Um, Raji, thanks for coming back on the show. And, you know, we had a great time talking again. Um, Thanks, everyone, for watching. And we'll hopefully see you guys soon.